Hey there, listener. Do you have something to say? Then you're already a podcaster. You just don't know it yet. Whether you love to shoot the breeze with friends, have an urge to share your passions with the world, or even want to grow your business, you've got something worth saying with a podcast. With Acast, it couldn't be easier to start your own show. Launch, grow, and make money from your podcast across all listening platforms. If you have something to say, you're a podcaster. Head over to Acast.com to get started for free. This episode is brought to you by Staples. If you've been looking for a sign, this is it. Now is the time to print big at Staples. They have every sign your business needs to stand out and bring customers in. Plus, in-store print advisors ready to guide you from start to finish. And every sign they print is backed by their print big promise. Their commitment to getting the job done right every time. Staples, where small business prints big. Visit staplesconnect.com slash print big to learn more. My dear listener, usually as the year turns, I try to think about what I want to do better and make some resolutions. But honestly, it doesn't tend to work out because my resolutions are vague. Like, I want to be a better person. I want to be a more patient dad. I want to be a more engaged citizen. Like, it's just not specific enough. And it's not like I abandoned the resolution. It's more that there's just not anything concrete there for me to really try. But this year, I want to do something different. So instead of making these kind of platitudinal resolutions... I'm going to try to practice some tiny, tangible, specific things that I might integrate in an effort to be better in 2022. And by better, I mean, you know, more joyful, more content, um, less anxious, less thinky, more hearty. So that's what today's episode is. It's 22 things I want to try in 2022 inspired by advice I've gathered on this show. If you're thinking similarly about stuff you want to integrate in the new year, as always, I would love to hear about it. Call me on the hotline and let me know what your plan is. 844-935-BEST. That's 844-935-BEST. Okay, 22 practices for a delicious, joyful, hopeful, quiet, humble, supportive, uncomfortable, and garlicky 2022. Here we go. Number one. I will eat ice cream for dinner. Not all the time. Not often. Just sometimes. Look at the big picture. It doesn't really matter what your diet is on any given day. It just matters what your diet is in the long run. So, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter if you have Snickers for dinner one night, as long as like the majority of your diet is sound, it's, it's not like you're going to go into insulin shock and die. Thank you for the reminder, Mark Bittman. Number two, when I notice a recurring thought I'm having, a thought that's bringing me down, I'll ask myself, is this thought useful? Because the shit talker is loud, right? The, the other voice in our head that is like encouraging and the cheerleader and tells us to keep going is very quiet. The shit talker is loud. And that's the one we hear all the time and we don't question it because it's on autopilot, right? It's the same stuff every day, 
research shows us, right? 85% of our thoughts are the same from the day before. And that question, is this thought useful? It doesn't matter if it's true. Is it useful? And being able to choose something else that will keep us going in a more positive direction. So if I say to myself, I'm such a shitty mom, I can't do this, I suck at this. Well, is that thought useful? No. What can I think instead? I'm doing the best I can right now. It's messy, it's chaotic, but I'm doing the best I can. That's Kelly Travis, who is not a shitty mom. Number three, my to-do lists will contain joy. Like for example, I'll just read you my list that I made today which says taxes, dot, 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 ride bike, clean house already. I didn't quite get to that, so that'll have to be put on tomorrow's list. Chill, that's going to happen shortly. Hi, Dean, because I try to say hi to somebody every day. I try to reach out to someone that I haven't talked to in a while. Make your list, check them twice, have some fun with them. Include some things that you wouldn't normally put on a list, like get up and do a happy dance. And... Maybe it'll give you the same kind of pleasure it gets me to like have accomplished various kinds of tasks and also have included a little bit of joy. And all you need to do is write it down. That's Silva Florence. Number four, I'll learn a bird call and try to schmooze with some birds. So I'll start the call off and a robin will fly down to the branch near me, especially when it's at eye level and you're looking in its eye and the robin is looking at you and you feel there is a connection there. There's a squirrel. (laughs) Oh, I can see a robin behind the squirrel. The squirrel's looking at me. Phoebe McKendo and her friend, the Robin. Number five, I will make my needs known. I think we have to always tell people everything that we need because we all float around like we're just little children masquerading as adults, just assuming that nobody needs anything and we're the only ones with needs and we have to get rid of those needs or diminish them. But we all need emotional support. What's a way that we can practice giving and asking for help? I like to do everything just starting with a quantity, just quantifying it, like a goal of, I'm gonna ask for three things this week that are directly related to my creative practice. And here's what those needs are gonna be, and here are some appropriate people I think I could ask. And I'm just gonna practice on the asking, I have no control over the outcome. Then I'm gonna avail myself three times to people. Maybe I'm asked for something, or maybe I offer something. Or I connect with another artist friend and say, this is the kind of help I need right now. What kind of help do you need right now? Let's help each other find it. That was your favorite artist's favorite therapist, Beth Pickens. Number six, I'll grow garlic. You don't even really need to have access to water to grow it. You just need to have like a space to put it in the ground and then you need to cover up really well in the winter time so it doesn't freeze. And I just think it's like one of the best food sovereignty things that we can be doing. That's also like not very hard. 
the chef Mako Krishuk. Number seven, I'll check in with my single friends. You probably have a single friend out there who's just like me, lives by themselves, no kids, whatever. Just reach out to them. Just say, man, what's up? Like, hit them up. And even if you have, like, and if you really want to do a service, like, hit them up regularly. Like, hit them up <laughs> daily or something. I have one or two friends that ever, you know, that I, I know can count on. I'll talk to probably a couple times a week. But it's just, it, it's different because you just get out there and I'm just like, I'm not, there's no guarantee that I'm going to have regular interaction if I don't seek it out, which which feels like crazy at times, you know, because yours is, yours comes by default. The one and only Ronald Young Jr. Number eight, I'll take more walks in the rain. All you do is put on a coat or whatever you have, the best thing you can, and you walk around and it's okay, you get wet, and then you come back and you take a hot shower and it feels so much better to relax after being out in the rain and being dry. And once you're okay with being out in the rain or when it's cold and you dress for it and just get out there, all of a sudden you don't have the weather to complain about. And that's one of those things like, I don't know, sometimes you just get down about the weather and it kind of like gets on your whole day. But once you can get that behind you, you can almost look forward to when it's raining, which is just a, a great feeling. Dave Lines. Number nine. I'm going to make a counter offer next time I'm negotiating my role on a project. Some people are going to have a lot of anxiety about doing that. I want you to know that's perfectly normal. It is uncomfortable. It's something that a lot of people don't do. But you have to know that not only can you do it, it is often expected of you. That is why it's called a job offer. They are not final terms. So it's a lot like the sticker price on a used car. You're expected to negotiate down. However, with your job offer, you're expected to negotiate up. Brendan Murphy is brave. Thank you, Brendan. I needed that. Number 10. I'm a people pleaser. But this year, I just want to be a person with people. Yeah, and be present because ultimately when you're people-pleasing, you're trying to manipulate a situation. You're taking a step back. You're not in the moment. You are just constantly analysing little things or is that person that you're worrying? And that can become quite self-centred and you aren't a person with people. You are yourself worrying about all these things which you can't control. So don't waste your energy on that. Just be present and listen and try as best as you can in this kind of mindful social way to let go of those little things doesn't mean they're not going to worry you. And if they do, then, you know, just accept that. You can't shut it off. But just try and listen to what that person's saying. And if they like you or not, that's not really... A, it's not really your concern. And B, you can't control it. Emily Naylor, you changed my life. Number 11. When I'm feeling nitpicky around my wife, I will let it go. Sometimes people get annoyed at how someone, how their partner like loads the dishwasher. Like maybe just let them load the dishwasher and, you know, don't make it like a whole thing. Right. Like if they don't, if they don't do it the same way as you, what does it matter? They're not saving like as many cubic inches as you per plate. Like (laughs) who really cares? That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I just think about, is this something that's going to bother me in 24 hours? And more often than not, the answer is no and it's like okay I'm annoyed right now 
I'll just kind of take a breath and leave it. Because the nitpicky things are the things that don't matter the next day. Exactly. That's my big sister, Lindsay. Number 12. I will continue working on my impressions. The more specific, the better. You know, broad ones, uh, broad ones stink. So look for that. You know, the weird tongue smack, lip smack, uh, shifting of the weight, you know. And what do you think makes Jeff Bridges such a fun one to do? Oh, I mean, he's just got the, uh, I think it's just the musicality of, the, of his voice. Friendly, dopey, golden retriever kind of quality about him. And then, you know, from there, the fact that you can just, you know, say anything. Yeah, I hit, the, uh, hit another man with my car, man. Um, it's just, yeah, so fun to do. Everybody love who doesn't love Jeff? Yeah, he's such a lovable guy. Buddy, buddy. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah, if you if you jut out, if you like catapult your underbite, you know, your lower, your mandible on the D, I think that's I think that's how to do it. Give it a try. Buddy. Buddy. Yeah. Buddy. buddy. Yeah, it's almost like you're barfing out the D. Buddy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. From my vantage point, Josh Rubin is the best impressionist I've ever heard. Number 13, I will analyze my envy. And now envy is a, it's, it's a very unpleasant emotion. We often don't want to admit to ourselves or to other people that we do feel envy, but it's a very helpful emotion because what it's showing us is that somebody has something that we wish we had for ourselves. And that's a very, very useful thing to know. And in my case, um, I remember reading, you know how you get those alumni magazines from your college? And I was reading about all the different people in my class. And I noticed that some people had really interesting law jobs. And I was, I was like, oh, that sounds great. And then some people had really interesting writing jobs. And I was sick with envy. And I thought, well, I should learn something from that because those are the people that I envy. They are the ones that have something that I wish that I had myself. Gretchen Rubin. Number 14. When my mind is racing, I will put down the think. I really kind of get physical around it too. Like I'll kind of put my hand to my head and like extract with my fingers to be like, everything is okay today. Moving on. It's the dancer in me. I'm just, I have to be physical. It's like my only understanding of, it's my only way to integrate. I like have to move it from my brain to my heart space that's marley grace number 15 i'll practice saying i don't know over and over and over and over i always think i'm gonna be better at saying i don't know but then in the moment when someone's like have you heard of blah 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 and i'm always like yeah i think so me too Oh, yeah. It's so hard. It takes some real discipline. It does take discipline. But really to... I mean, I don't know. Are you a firstborn child? No, I have an older sister. So I am a firstborn child, and I always blame it on that. But apparently it's not that. But the the sense that I should be the one who's in the know all the time. Like, I'm the boss. Mm, So the boss has got to (laughs) know. Versus a lot, like, so much of the... um, effective leadership I've seen over these years of being alive always it's a more powerful leader who says I don't know 
And I know some people who might. And so I'm going to go consult with them. Uh, It's just always so much more effective. You might know Meryl Garbus' band. They're called Tune Yards, and you should listen. Number 16, I will kill comfort. Kill comfort. Choose now. So is now uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah. It's completely uncomfortable. But it is what it means to be alive. The more I let go of comfort, the more I accidentally open myself to surprise, to now, to things I've just forgotten. And I, I think that that's, that's really where life is. Now is a lot richer, even with all of the, the hell surrounding it. Now is a lot richer than we allow ourselves to believe. And, and for, for those of us who are comfortable in comfort, what's an exercise to tap into embracing the, the discomfort? I think, and I've had comfort, and I've had that sense of comfort, but I think comfort requires a kind of clinging and grasping that you do it so long, you don't even know you're doing it. And so the things that you're holding on to, like, you probably know what you love to eat, you know where to go for this, you know where to go for that. Well, when all that's gone, who are you? So what if you didn't choose the thing you always chose? What if you didn't say the thing you always said? What might that teach you? Comfort is transactional. You're supposed to give something and you get something back. Discomfort says you go through it. You may, you may not, the understanding may not come for a while. And if you, and if you are okay with that, you might find some surprise. You might find yourself able to do things you never thought yourself capable of, to talk to people you never thought you would, to learn from things that um, you completely shut yourself off from. This feels like a lifelong project. Thank you, Nicole Christian. Number 17. I will sit in silence. There's a term for it in teaching. It's called wait time. Wait time refers to the silence you give your students after you present a question or a thought or any other opportunity to gather their thoughts before they respond. It sounds simple, but it's really hard. We want to fill the silence. We ask follow-up questions or provide clarifying points or make assumptions about what they must be thinking. But really, we just need to be silent. In the silence is where magic happens. That's the teacher, Sua M. Number 18, I'll write to my pain. So literally writing a dear pain and going for it, a free write um, letter that can (laughs) be funny at times, or it can be serious, it can be rooted in love, um, or it can be like, you know, I don't feel like dealing with you anymore, and (laughs) I would like you to leave me alone. So having that dialogue makes people feel a little less intense about it. And when we put down our pain on the page, we can often see that it's not as big as it feels when we're carrying it 
in our mind and in our heart. So it just kind of gives a sense of ease to the practice. Not that it's going to make it go away all at once and all of a sudden, but that it kind of gives us this space of um, compassion and understanding for ourselves. Alex L. Number 19. I'll read more poetry, and when I do, I'll read it out loud. Because it takes a different kind of energy. When I'm just reading it from the page silently, I sometimes will speed to, you know, the punchline if there is, or the last line. Um, Whereas if I'm reading it out loud to myself, it doesn't have to be to anyone else, it, uh, you know, I linger sort of leisurely on on each line, uh, sometimes repeating the line out loud. So it just has a very different feel for it. Uh, there's a, a call, I think, of poetry that says, I want to be outside just your head. And that, uh, you know, connects me to taking it beyond sort of the internal So many times I think it's just for me. I mean, for years I I was intimidated by poetry. I didn't understand a lot of it. And so I found that if I read it out loud or someone read it to me, I, I got more of it. That was Janice Fialka Feldman. And this is a poem by Mary Oliver called There's a Place Beyond Ambition. When the flute players couldn't think of what to say next... They laid down their pipes, then they laid down themselves, beside the river, and just listened. Some of them, after a while, jumped up and disappeared back inside the busy town. But the rest? So quiet, not even thoughtful, are still there. Still listening. Number 20, I will offer help. I won't ask how I can help. I'll figure it out myself. If someone is in a hard place or is experiencing, you know, trauma or pain or whatever, saying things like, you know, let me know if you need anything. <laughs> Which is like the classic way a lot of us offer help. Yes, right? Like, and, and it's because we want, to, we want to be available. Like we want to like let folks know that we're available. But what that does is, one, it requires that they, like, figure out what would actually be helpful. And sometimes people just really, like, truly don't know. Two, it requires that they do the, like, calculus of figuring out whether or not you're someone who can provide that support. And then three, they have to actually make the ask. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, if somebody's already struggling, that's like all of that is just like a lot of extra work and they're just not going to do it. I think about this advice all the time. Thank you, Mia Birdsong. Number 21. I'll study my habits. And not trying to change them, not trying to formulate better ones, but taking one habit out for a significant period of time, at least a couple of weeks, but something that feels symbolic to whoever's doing it. Mm -hmm. Take the habit out, and it can be something that you don't like that's, you know, as bad for your health or you know, social media addiction is a big one or television or coffee, whatever the habit is, just take it out for at least a couple of weeks and just observe what happens. Don't do it with a goal. Don't do it like, oh, if I take sugar out, I'm going to lose weight. 
you know, or whatever. Or if I take social media out, I'll finally start writing the book that I want to write. Just take it out and observe what happens in the space that it leaves. Thank you, Jacqueline Raposo. Lastly, number 22, I'm going to eat more oranges in the shower. You know, get the shower like steaming hot and the steam and the heat um, kind of like opens up your pores and your nostrils and your taste buds. It's just such a pure little moment of absolute sensual wonder and joy first thing in the morning, right when you get up um, and have to face the day. That's Drew Philp. Those are 22 things I'm excited to try in 2022. I want to thank all my guests for the Best Advice Show. We are over 350 episodes in. To be exact, 368 episodes. And I also want to thank the 22 people who you heard in this episode. I link to each of their full episodes in our show notes. That is my offering to you. You have been listening to The Best Advice Show. It has been a trying year. It's been a trying two years. I hope you're doing okay wherever you are. I hope you're getting to relax. I hope you're healthy. I'm going to get started right now on my list of 22 things I want to try in 2022. Number five on that list. I'm going to tell you what I need. I need your help in spreading the word about this show. I want other people to discover it so I can keep making it. And a great way to do that is to send this episode to your friends. Send them an email saying, I think you might like this. Or you can take a screenshot of this episode in your podcast player and post it on whatever social media you like to use. You can tag me at Best Advice Show. You can find links to each and every episode of the Best Advice Show at bestadvice.show. I love making this show so much. And in 2022, I hope it gets better, more humble, more creative, and I'm hoping you can help me get there. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Take care. Hey there, listener. Do you have something to say? Then you're already a podcaster. You just don't know it yet. Whether you love to shoot the breeze with friends, have an urge to share your passions with the world, or even want to grow your business, you've got something worth saying with a podcast. With Acast, it couldn't be easier to start your own show. Launch, grow, and make money from your podcast across all listening platforms. If you have something to say, you're a podcaster. Head over to ACAST.com to get started for free.